one time at GAME. I was in a LARP organization called Underground Theater. One of the founding ideals of this group was that the big problem with role-playing orgs is that players were penalized for taking interesting, risky choices. The founders had played for years in an organization where every single character started at zero experience points, and that meant the character death would set you back to square one. XP totals on sheets could vary from thousands of experience to nothing. So they implemented Floor. This system ensured that everyone would have, at minimum, about 40% of the maximum experience points available. Over time, some of the staff began to believe that Floor and the max amount of XP were both way too high, that any discussion of the topic elicited vitrolic outrage. The XP system was considered sacrosanct by many, and the idea that we might change it at all was considered grounds to quit the org. A few people even floated the idea that they would sue. This is when I began to suspect that XP itself might be part of the problem. Okay, roll for initiative. podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to to have have the most XP. What? I'm Ryan, the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is the legend, Carrie. I am a legend. And Jason. The favorite, and also the one who's trying to remember if he wore shoes. How do you forget these things? Uh, well, I have to take them off when I come in your house, and I don't do that at my house, so I'm like, I have no shoes on right now. Why? Your brain is so weird. Oh, it's... Mm. We can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. <laughs> We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other places that you can find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, at honorrollpodcast. Facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast. You can send us an email at hosts... At honorrollpodcast.com, or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. So before we get into things, let's go ahead and talk about that. That what? The that, Patreon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's Carrie's I, first show. It is. <laughs> I, I like our Patreon. Everyone should join it. Um, our Everyone Patreon is, uh, if you enjoy our podcast and want it to keep going, you should support it. To be fair... I don't care if they enjoy it or not. Okay, well, you should support it. Um, and we have a list of some of our patrons that we get to talk about every week. Because right. they're awesome. So um, who do we got? Uh, well, we have uh, Noah Coltrip. That's right. He yeah. just joined, what, uh, like, a week and a half ago? Something, something like, like that, that. Maybe yeah. two weeks now? So that's exciting. And Welcome, Noah. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Um, and we have uh, Cameron Pruitt. That's right. We got... Like, He's my favorite. I know he's your favorite. I know. Thank you, <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> We've also got Lost Colonies, the my favorite LARP in the D.C. area. Is it the only LARP in the D.C. area I'm you sure know of? Yes. That you know of? Okay. All right. Well done, Joe Hines. <laughs> there you go. Um... And we've got Drew Stevens. That's right. He is my favorite person from Atlanta currently. Oh, well, there you go. Because he's backing the podcast. There you go. <laughs> I was just thinking about Drew and, and his wife the other day because I read that the NeverEnding Pasta Bowl is back at Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, oh. Look, we don't want her to drive up here. 
and whoop your butts. I'd be, I'd love it if she drove up here. She was a lot of fun. She yes. is a lot of yes, fun. She is. She's a brilliant cook. Yeah. So okay, well, you have to explain that joke. Do I? Yes. Do I? I yes. think the people should post on the group and ask about it, and then we'll explain. Oh, it. and then Drew can try to. Explain then it. Drew can explain. All right, it. there yeah, you go, Drew. Okay, Yay. we've also got Ryan Martin. Yes, my, my, my second favorite, Ryan. That's right. He just bought a house. What, like uh, two, three weeks ago now? So his life is over. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Every time he posts, I'm just like, oh, honey, oh, you got wait another year. Buy your second house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got Brian Fox. Yeah, we do have Brian Fox. Um, I don't know much about Brian. Just that he like does a lot of gaming and talks on our on our uh, yeah, he's, he's on our probably, group a lot. It has like lots of opinions. He seems cool though. It is awesome. I like stuff. that. Yeah. And we also have the DJ. lady. Oh, oh, the lady. The that lady must DJ. remain hidden. The lady DJ who must not have the name that we didn't think of until right now. Go ahead and cut all that. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ryan? Persephone, Persephonolipus. I like that. That's mm-hmm. the one we're going with. All right, okay. Okay. done. Yeah. If right. you want a shout out, we'd love to give you one. You can get one by <laughs> let's keep the show on the air by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Yeah, the cool thing about becoming a patron is there are uh, all sorts of cool things you can get. Oh, including, yeah. Uh, fun postcards from us and uh, shout-outs on the podcast. We can roast your characters. I love the postcards. Yeah, you can do just about anything that's listed. That's listed. And, and if you want something that isn't listed, talk to us. <laughs> we're, we're easy. <laughs> Good, good night, everybody. We've got to stop drinking when we're Woo! doing this. <laughs> or start. Or start. What's in that Pepsi you keep sending her, Cameron? He's my favorite. Oh, <laughs> Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting here at this table. What the hell was that? Doing up Cosby. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Send help. <laughs> Oh, so, I'm, Carrie, what's new with you? <laughs> Carrie's not going to make it, Ryan. What's up with you? Um, I don't know. Lots of editing of podcasts. Oh. Yeah, lots of podcast <laughs> editing. Uh, we've been working on the gun belt some mm. more. I've got some cool things going on with that. Uh, hopefully, we're going to do some play testing at the two local conventions coming up here very shortly. Post-time. Oh wow! Yeah. My hell month at work is Oy. fixing to start, Oy. and I won't be able to do anything uh, for at least four weeks, maybe as many as eight this year. Wow! So we'll see. And we also uh, have Carrie, who can talk now. Who can I can. Talk now. I can talk now. Yeah. What's new with you? I got my books in. I got the coloring books. Oh, that's right. They just came in, didn't they? Yeah. And so now my life is stuffing envelopes with coloring books. <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. Yeah, You're fulfilling yeah, a Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, Kickstarter fulfillment. It's it's super cool. I learned some really great stuff about Kickstarter fulfillment from Craig Campbell, uh, who is one of the developers that we hung out with at HLG. Yes. Mm-hmm. He created the game Capers, and he also ran and created that game Die Laughing that we did the life, the actual play of a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, that was, that so was a lot of fun. Yeah, and he, we, I, I hung out with him talking about, um, you know, about how how things can work with... Uh, the gun belt. Uh, with the gun belt. You know? And how complicated getting things kickstarted can be, and a lot of really cool tips on making it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay, that's good. Yeah, you know what? That was the best thing about HLGCon is the fact that everywhere we went, we ran into somebody who had really good advice 
about publishing your own games and how you know getting them out there through Kickstarter or other fulfillment services. And it was <laughs> there. So there were so many people that like knew somebody or were part of some organization or were somebody or were somebody. somebody. Yeah, I had the funniest moment. I was in an elevator. And somebody came in and they were complaining about something. And I'm not going to say what it was. Sure. But they were complaining about it. And I knew just enough to know kind of what they were complaining about. Right. And, but, like, in their small group, and they were, like, being catty. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and all that. As LARPers do. And, as LARPers. What? And game developers do. And, and I'm sitting there on my side of the elevator, and I start smirking. And they look over, and one of them goes, oh, no, you know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I just can guess. <laughs> they were like, well, I didn't mean to be offensive. I was like, you're not. It's okay. No, no, you said be offensive. So um, It was funny anyway. Yeah. All right, well, listen, we're going to go ahead then and head on into combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today's topic is uh, experience points. That's right. This is something I think about a lot. I don't. I know, I know. I it's know. Well, part of it is because, you know, it's something we discuss, well, I discuss in the story, is that when we were underground theater, and I was, before I even became OST, they changed the way floor worked. Right. Just a little bit. There was a, a couple of small tweaks. And people were very angry about it. And then after I became OST, I thought about it a lot because, you know, at some point I'd probably have to give a recommendation or I would in some way come up with a better idea. And, you know, I had a little bit of authority. I might be able to put it out there. Sure. But people were so angry at how it worked about about the idea that could change. And also people felt like that even the way we were doing it, which was like we covered, you got – no matter when – you never had less than 40 percent of the max XP. There were still people who felt like that was too little. There was a lot of people who felt like that was too much. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of people who felt like that maybe we should all get all the same always. Right. Now, I know that you don't feel that way, and I have mixed feelings. I think that's more of a, a decision based on the game itself and kind of what's going on. Tabletop versus LARP versus Mush, and what kind of tabletop or LARP or Mush you're running. And everything in between. And everything in between, right? Uh, We're going to figure out that in between at some point. Ooh. Uh, I believe Tara has figured that out. I think that Die Laughing was kind of an in between. Absolutely. It was like, what if it's a role playing game and a party game and it doesn't, it does good service to both? Yeah. Because I could see sitting down to play Die Laughing like uh, once a month, easy. Yeah, I could also see a uh, drama teacher using dial laughing using absolutely that as a teaching tool. Yeah, or, but I was also going to say I can see it playing it drunk at a con and having mm-hmm. an amazing time. Yeah. yeah, a different experience, but also a fun one. Uh, it's like the next. Are you a werewolf? Sure, maybe. Mm. So experience points are a complicated thing. Yes. Uh, let's let's I guess let's dive in and let's forget floor. We'll come back to floor towards yeah, the all end. All that let's, stuff. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning for uh, the people who have never gamed before. What are you doing? Listen to us. Thank you so much. (laughs) But at its heart, experience points is just that the idea that at the end of every session or every predetermined amount of time, like if it's a mush, it's about once a week, it's reconciled. Uh, At the end of a predetermined amount of time, 
all of the characters receive points. They call them experience points, and those points can be later used by the player to make improvements or changes on their character sheet. And pretty much every role-playing game uses Ever. some fashion of this. Right. And uh, it's... I mean, there a, there are a few mushes that are sheetless. Sure. And there's a few but, tabletop games that are sheetless. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah. Everyone. And there's a few LARPs, especially that number is growing nowadays, that don't use experience points at all. Right. But we'll talk more about that later so on. So what's the point? What's the purpose of... Uh, let's? I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about all the things that's wrong with experience points, <laughs> let's well, start by talking about all the things that are right about experience points. What's the point? Why, why do we want experience points? So your character can grow. Yeah. So you can... No, let me rephrase that. So you can have a something on your sheet to show your character's growth. Right. It, it simulates the act of growth and change yes. in a person. Uh, the, the reason they're not just called points is because they literally represent the experiences your character had. What? And then, you know, some systems, I believe Cthulhu is one of them, if you ever want to advance something, you have to have used it. You right. literally mm-hmm. have to have experience in the thing, or you have to have a teacher or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen games where, where there's a checkbox, and you check it when you roll it, and you can't spend any points on it until you've checked it. All right. That's and then fun. once you've put points into it, you have to erase the checkbox, because you can't raise it again <laughs> until, you until the checkbox has been marked. So, uh, so I guess then the basic is just that it creates this idea of the character growing. And, and you know what? That experience is a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. when I played Claw in y'all's uh, River Valley Rage Guru game, I started with zero, and I worked up to I don't know uh, around three hundred experience points over five years, four years, something like that. Yeah. And the starting with nothing and growing into the character was a ton of fun. You know, I got to learn everything about that person. Because I was going through those experiences just like a normal person would. And that's uh, it's interesting that you should bring that up. It's almost as if it was on our outline next. <laughs> uh, the, you know, it, but it also allows you to learn your sheet. So, like, there's a mechanical advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if, uh, for example, if I started playing a game and you guys said, this is an advanced game, so go ahead and start your character you know, build your character with like 500 experience points on mm-hmm. it, right? We're just throwing out random numbers. Don't <laughs> sure. Big random number. Yeah, don't equate this to any specific game because we're just generalizing. Go ahead and build your character with 500 experience points, right? Whereas a normal game would only start with like none. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my sheet, I'm going to build my sheet and the character sheet is going to just naturally, because I spent 500 points on it, that sheet's going to have 10 or 20 wonky powers on it, Right. As opposed to uh, a brand new sheet where you start at the you know the base creation with zero XP, it might only have you know one or two wonky powers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's t- it's hard to just suddenly learn how all twelve of those powers work. You just dropped in, learn them all, ready to go. You know, really great design in computer games generally introduces one element at a time. So over the course of the game, you learn all these cool interesting moves or powers or abilities that you can do and each one builds on what you had before right and when you have that experience of hey you're level 20 this is a level 20 when some when you hop into a game and someone just hands you a controller right and you already have all these powers loaded up and you don't know how to do them right yeah yeah and you have to figure out the special moves 
When you don't even know the basic moves yet. Uh-huh. And you don't, uh, you know, I had a, a good friend, he played a character from, you know, basically nothing all the way up. And he said that he understood that character better than characters he started at, you know, level 10, well, you know, yeah, yeah. level 100, whatever. And he also found that he used all his powers constantly. Just like in real life, if you have a bunch of skills, you tend to use a bunch of different things. Whereas if you only know how to do one thing, you just do that one thing in every situation. <laughs> right. So what else? What are what are the good things about XP? Well, I love mentor relationships, especially you know you know I talk about Guru a lot because it's probably the game that I played the longest straight for uh, in which there were differing power levels, mm-hmm. and I love the idea, especially since I started as a cub. So if you if you if you don't know Werewolf, that's like the lowest possible level. Of you come in at level zero, and you don't right right. You're like a uh, a nobody. And part of the way the game is set up is that somebody is required to teach you everything. Mm-hmm. And while I knew this setting already, I didn't know how y'all ran it. I didn't know what your city was like. And it was a lot of fun starting at Cub because there was a player who was already invested in the game whose job it was to teach me everything. Yeah. Which meant that I could have a mentor. Well, and you get to learn along with your character. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, it meant that when I'd been playing that character for years, I had a relationship with that other character mm-hmm. that was very strong and very interesting. And it also gives you an opportunity to mentor another new player. Absolutely. And I did that some, and I enjoyed it a ton. So we see some uh, some advantages to very varying power levels that can come from XP. Absolutely. And I think that without... I think those situations are generally best in XP-based systems because there are – if you're mechanically more powerful than somebody, then that mentor relationship is meaningful. Right. So what were you going to say, Carrie? Well, I was going to say I also think that it makes the world feel more realistic. Yes. Because if every character is the same power level, yes. like – it, that one that's boring. It, right. It can feel very bland. Yeah, it's bland, you know, and, and it makes, you know, it gives you the opportunity to have, uh, you, you know, there, there's nothing better. You know, if you're antagonist, mm-hmm. if, the, if, if Joe, if I hate Joe, I hate Joe's character and Joe's character and my character don't get along. Joe Hines. Joe Hines specifically. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Joe. Um, no, like, if, I want the guy that I'm trying to take down mm-hmm. to be more powerful than me. But it makes, makes more interesting Or at story. least be equal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, well, no, I mean, like... It should be a challenge. It, it needs to be a challenge. Like, if everything is just handed to players, it's not a game. Well, it, you have to have drama. And one way of creating drama is differing power levels. Yes, absolutely. Right. I also think experience points mark time. Absolutely. You, know, um, you remember back when we were first level characters and we fought, the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, we say things like that. Um, it also marks time in a sense that like it, uh, it, it's handed out to you at specific intervals. Right. And so it literally marks time. Yes. Um, and I also think that it marks time in the sense that like, you know, you have defeat like in Dungeons and Dragons, you know that you have just defeated a major bad guy because you're being handed these these XPs. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> wow. We killed a dragon. We got enough to level. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and connected to that is is it can be used to encourage the behaviors that you want to see. Absolutely. You know, uh, 
a lot of design in whatever, whether it's computer games or, or, or LARP, tabletop, whatever, a lot of design is create rules that push people in the direction you want them to go right. to do the activities that the game is about. And, and it can be also for out-of-character things like, you know, we award a certain amount of XP for attendance. It encourages mm-hmm. people to, to attend, attend. Yeah. as many games as they right. reasonably can. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, if, it's really frustrating as a mush staffer because <laughs> you log on and you're like, there's 20 people logged on mm-hmm. and no one is role-playing. Right. And so what I do is I go, hey, guys, anybody that's in a scene tonight that's logged, I'll throw an XP at. And, like, you watch them all suddenly. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Every, everyone starts going, I see. And, we'll, you know, and, yeah, it's just a way to go, hey, this is a game. Let's do it. It also encourages people to, if you're in a game that has downtimes, mm-hmm. generally most games will award a certain amount of XP based on turning those downtimes in. Because that's a behavior that engages you with the larger world, yeah. right? And that's generally something that STs like, unless they're sick to death of doing downtime. Yeah. Well, no, it's also a way for <laughs> storytellers to push plot. Absolutely. Right. And and this is also kind of connected to what we were just talking about with Dungeons & Dragons marking time, is, you know, one of the behaviors you encourage in Dungeons & Dragons is kill the dragon that's got the princess. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So, you know, it's, it's also encouraging in-character behaviors as well. Yes, and so I think and another out-of-character behavior it does is most games will award a certain amount if you help out, like help clean or help find a site or recruit new players. Bring snacks. Bring mm. in snacks, snacks. especially you know, if they're homemade cupcakes. Mm. I had a, a dungeon master that would do that even in Dungeons & Dragons. If, right. you, if you brought a bag of Doritos, you got you know an extra 100 XP. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a lot. And, it, but, you know, and this is my personal opinion. It should never be enough. To unbalance the game. Right. But a little, you know, a little, hey, man, thanks for bringing some Cokes. We appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just, but I feel like there is some, there's another side to all this. Tell us what you hate about experience points, Jason. (laughs) Here we go. The thing I hate about experience points the most is that nobody can agree about them. That is a big problem. Like, you were talking about the underground theater, the vitriol that you encountered when people said, hey, let's talk about whether or not floor is an adequate amount or whether or not 10 XP a month is an adequate amount or whatever. And people just get so angry about it. Yeah, like that they can't even talk about it. That bit about somebody suing, that literally happened. I Mm -hmm. saw that on one of of our many lists talking about XP. They were like, I signed up for this org and it's in the player's handbook or whatever we call it. Yeah. That I'm going to get 10 XP a month, and if I don't get it, I believe I can pursue legal action. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you could, that's what you're doing with your life. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a game. It's a game. If you're that mad and you feel like that you absolutely should get 10 XP, and they're like, nope, we're not going to do it, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> Just find I, something else to do. It angers me because I feel like... Really, the drawback is that it makes people place value on the wrong parts of the experience. Yeah. Well, it incentivizes some things that are not always the best thing. I want people, truly, okay, so I want experience points. I want to live in a world. In a world. In a world. (laughs) I want to to live in a world where experience points are simply a tool to progress a story. Sure. Right? And I want them to only matter... In the sense that they are important for the story to continue to progress. 
I want people to be playing my game because they like the story I'm telling. I want them to play because they like the world that I'm running. They like the genre. They like hanging out with us around the table playing, right? And if the thing that they're mad about is they didn't get the the, the XP that they thought they should or felt they were entitled to or as much as carry or whatever, right? Like, then I feel like, (laughs) I feel like there's a failure happening because the community should be more important than the number on your fucking sheet. You know, you're right. We should all recognize that regardless of what mechanically uh, the sheets say, whether it's XP totals or anything, that we should be... I don't know if positive metagaming is the right word. We well, should, you don't you don't win by having experience points. You win by having fun. Right. And you will have more fun even if you've got less XP or more XP than somebody else if you engage with them. Right. And so you can't uh, let the differing power levels change your engagement. But systems mechanically reward having more XP than less. And like we were talking about, one of the things that we use XP for is to mechanically reward people. And reward behaviors like attendance. Right. And so it becomes more complicated. Because if somebody is sick, what do you want me to do? Come right. be sick at your table? Right. No. You know, I, I don't want them there because they're sick, but I do want them to still feel like they're part of the community engaged. I used to have a dungeon master who would try to keep his table at roughly similar XP levels. So if like if we were all playing in that game and if, if Jason, if you got sick and missed a couple weeks, right? Right. Um, you know, and back this is second this is a AD and D advanced dungeons and dragons. And so so you know the the experience point numbers were always huge. You know, but like, so, but missing a couple of weeks could be thousands of experience points. Right. Right. And so, you know, if you came in and everyone else was in the 20,000 range and you were at 18, he'd throw you 3,000 just to, to move you up. So you were in the ballpark because for him, it was easier to manage the table if people were at similar power levels, which was particularly strange because back then, uh, if you recall, all of the different classes leveled up at different XP numbers. And so everybody could have 30,000 experience points, but it would, but everybody would be at a different level, <laughs> level <laughs> number. <laughs> that, you know, that was always weird. You know, we were talking about some off the air. What were you going to say about that, Carrie? Well, uh, one of you said something about how it was... Purposeless. Purposeless. Right. But it's not because, um, at least... The, the way my dungeon master sure. you know, would would be like, you know, if we all went and fought a dragon, we would get different amounts of XP really? depending on what we did. It wasn't just a base, hey, you all killed a dragon, you all get a thousand points. See, like by the book, it was like the dragon was worth 30,000 XP. I'm just making up. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The dragon was worth 30,000 XP and there were four of you. So 30,000 divided by four and that's what you get. I yeah. just found out that I was doing it wrong back then. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. that's how I remember. Okay, I, so how was okay. he doing it? Um, but he would do it more like, you know, you all get a thousand points for, for fighting the dragon. Like a base dragon. A base dead. dragon. You guys made it out alive. You know, like, mm-hmm. he'd also give you XP for living through it. Sure. Um, You know, and so if you died, you... Di- you know, Because you're starting over yeah, anyway. Yeah, you start over, you get a little less. Um, And, uh... But then he'd be like, you know, but Ryan, you did this really heroic thing. I did. <laughs> so you're going to get 500 because when 
you went to battle him, you ended up landing on his wing and I you did. broke his wing. That's and, right. You know, and, and Jason... I was just winging it. <laughs> when you, uh, you know, when, when your character tripped and fell and ended up in the pile of rubies, that was a really fun moment. So you get 300 XP because... Your character's it was a, a real gem. Because it was... Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know, doing the voices. Don't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so like, the, we all got... Different, different amounts amount. for what we did. You know, that can be very positive because mm-hmm. you feel called out in a good way. Like, right. oh, I did this cool thing. I get an extra 100 XP. And even if you didn't do the cool thing and you tripped, yeah. you'd still get XP if it enhanced the scene. And you're Which being is, encouraged to have those behaviors. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, and, and so, like, our... So, like, it made more sense that the fighter would need more XP... Because, because he's usually the one right out in he, front. Yeah, yeah, because you'd be getting more because you were the one with the big sword that was stabbing the dragon. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's part of the books or not. I've never actually read the D&D books because I've always played. I've never ran D&D. Sure, fair. Oh, now we need to have the very special episode oh, where Carrie runs AD&D for us. No, because I'd be like, I don't like this roll. It's out the window. <laughs> well, you know, House I think- the characters were designed to have different kind of power levels and stuff mm-hmm. based on their XP totals. It was yeah. very complicated. Well, yeah. the the other th- the other thing is that you know certain types of like wizards are inherently very powerful. Sure. And compared to just like a barbarian that's just swinging a sword, right? A, a wizard compared to a fighter, and so like wizards leveled up slower mm-hmm. because they were already so darn powerful. Yeah. You know. So, but the experience point numbers were the same. This leads into one of the other drawbacks is that if you reward enough behavior over time, characters get so big that uh, the systems start to simply break because they max out. Yeah. Mm. You know, I had a an experience where I, I had an experience. I, <laughs> I, had, I too had an XP. Yeah. So my, the only and first Gen Con I went to was years ago. And I, you know how whenever you go to a convention, especially if it's just you, and you meet some random person, you instantly connect with them. Yeah. And you hang out all You're like, you're my con buddy. You're my right. con buddy now. So anyway, that guy told me a story about how he ran a Star Wars campaign. And it was not a Jedi campaign at all. Were there demons in it? There were no demons. Hey, points. Points. (laughs) Points. So he was telling me about how that one character, I want to say was a Mandalorian probably because they had like... Because everyone's obsessed with Mandalorians. Sure. He had super powerful armor and almost all the other characters had died over the course of his campaign. So this guy was way more powerful than everybody else. Not only did he have more XP, he had more resources. Right. So what would happen is whenever new characters would join the game, the most sensical thing where they were somehow tied to him. And he became so powerful that even when he didn't mean to, he was dominating everything. So he was struggling with making something that was challenging for this one guy without wiping out the rest of the group. Yeah. Or such that they had something to do. Right. Because most of the time he would go out and blast whatever it was and they would hide because mm. they couldn't handle anything that could remotely challenge Have him. you ever noticed, too, that the pe- when, when that happens, the people that it happens to never realize how ridiculous it is? Right. No, he, he did not see himself as a problem at right. all. He like, thought he was winning. Uh, the- well, and also, you know, he's like, 
What? I've given all this role play to all these people. Right. We've They're got my helpers. They would have all died if I hadn't saved them. Mm. Right. Right. He's the hero. Like I remember the there was a character. So this is <laughs> the the storyteller that I used to have that ran the Star Wars game with the the demon in it. Yeah. Uh, he used to always talk about a Star Wars game before that that I didn't play in. Okay, but there was a Jedi in that character whose name of all ridiculous things was Trotsky, right? I'm yeah. writing that down. It's a, no, it's a <laughs> it's a reference. Look it up. It's not complimentary. Uh, anyway, um, in hindsight, it'll tell you a lot about the people. Um, so anyway, but this Jedi named Trotsky actually got so powerful that, and no joke, this happened in the game. He deflected. A Death Star laser beam, which with is his lightsaber, ridiculous. It's but, stupid. But you could do it if you had an FXP, right? Uh, be, because because in that game you just kept adding more D sixes because it was the old Western game system. But guess what? Just because you could do it doesn't mean you should do it, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense within the setting. So so one of the drawbacks of experience points is it can allow it can enable things to get ridiculous. And systems have to design for the idea that they're going to be ridiculous at, cer- at certain levels. Right. So you either have to say, "Hey, no more of this." Or it has to, you get these other choices that don't become ridiculous. I always am a fan of systems who say once you get to this point, you become an NPC and you ride off into the sunset. Like how in, in Werewolf, when you become an elder, or I mean, uh, when you legend. become a legend, mm-hmm. you're done. Yep. You don't get to play anymore. Well, you know, in Pugmire, if you, ha- if you hit level 10, that's it. You, you can't. You, you get ha- adopted and get to go home from the pound. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always okay. So here's my secret Pugmire theory. I always like to pretend that Pug, Pugmire is actually a group of dogs in a pound playing Dungeons and Dragons, just killing time during the night. <laughs> They're just killing time, waiting to either to to be adopted or to be no, euthanized or no. go to heaven. Oh my God, Ryan! <laughs> That's the worst Did fan you're... theory ever, but What's... also hilariously awful. No. I oh. always think of it as an episode of Pound Puppies that gets way out of control. Oh, yeah. okay. We need to go but adopt to be fair, a puppy right now. Oh, uh, you're screwed. <laughs> oh. uh, but seriously, uh, I like it when systems address the fact that things get out of control at a certain level. Yeah. I think Exalted did a good job at this uh, because you always have another charm to buy. And at some point, they're not just making you more powerful. They're just giving you more options. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, the game is built for you to become crazy powerful. And so things just keep ramping up basically forever. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that comes from that, though, is also it it can be encouraging to players to no longer take interesting risks. They want to play it safe because I've put... I don't want to lose all this XP if my character dies. Yeah. I don't know about mush, because it seems like that might be a mush thing, too, but LARP, definitely. Characters don't die with regularity in mushes. No. Sure. No, because there's, it's a lot of consent. Consent. Sure. And, um, And none of them consent (laughs) to dying. Not to dying. That's not true. In fact, I've, I've had a couple times where people are like, you know what? I've done this story. I'm done. I want to do something else. I feel I'm that way about this episode. Oh. And, and so, like, you know, I'll be like, all right, what do you want me to do? You want to ride off to the sunset or you want me to, to kill the character? Sure. And, uh, uh, like, Brittany, who plays in the mushes with us, she's big on, she's like, oh, kill me so bad. I'm like, <laughs> all right. You know, and last time I killed her, I used uh, Velociraptors. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
But, you know, in LARP you see it a lot, especially in kind of the Secrets and Powers vampire werewolf games that we play, especially vampire, because once you get so powerful, it becomes very difficult to kill you if the person, unless you anger PCs. So they just stop going out completely. It's not interesting. They don't anger other PCs if they can help it because they'll just be murdered. (laughs) Here's the the funny irony of this with vampire. Okay, so when... When a in in world sure, when a vampire gets to a certain level of power and becomes so old and ancient and powerful, <laughs> that vampire then becomes afraid to die. Right, it's actually and setting so, appropriate. So they hide, or they do, they send other people out, and they don't do interesting risks. Right. When players have characters that get so much XP that they become that powerful, they stop taking interesting risks and start sending other characters. But at the restaurant afterwards, they will gripe about those elders that don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If they actually send other players and are engaged... They are doing something. That's that's fine. But the problem is I see too many that because they've hit up that hit the wall of being so powerful that they're afraid to risk their character, that they don't do anything interesting. Instead, they just foster this unhealthy attachment to that character. Which is a real problem. You know, and that's part of what Floor was supposed to solve. But I don't think it does. I actually think Floor... Makes it worse. Makes it worse. Because now everyone is that attached to that character. Well, they can just start over, though. Yeah. But but not with that character. That's true. That's true. You know, know, for me, like, I, I love... I adore the moment of creating a new character. I do too, but I also love playing a character that I've matured into. Mm-hmm. And those are well. Let me let me hold on. Let me. Well, we're getting into a whole floor conversation okay, later. I think we're yeah. Gonna, let's, okay, let's get sorry. to that. the the a couple of other negative aspects to uh, to experience points. You know, is they create the opportunity for high XP characters to to sort of run the game. Like like what I was talking about with that uh, campaign that was tabletop. But in LARPs, you see it a ton. It's worse in ta- in LARPs than in tabletop. Right, because you've got a smaller group, and if you're not all kind of friends, that's a whole nother problem. Right. And that should be something you should be working on first. You end up with, the, they call them power coteries in Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, you see it in Werewolf too, and other LARPs where you, I've seen it in Boffer LARPs. Uh, I didn't play in a bunch of these games, but I know friends who have. And you have people who've been playing, say, Nero. Right. For almost twenty years, so they've got these ridiculously powerful characters. If they show up at a local game, you can't do anything to them, and the local staff can't run anything. So it creates a problem for storytellers. A huge problem for the storytellers because those guys are so much more powerful. And if you run anything that engages them, you're killing everybody else, or they're bored, and there's no good way to balance it. And and you know what? I've listened to these people who have these characters talk about the fact that. They really haven't had fun in a long time. Right. Right, but they don't know how to let go. Right, but they can't let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they you've spent 20 years playing somebody. You're emotionally invested in them. Right. Whether you want to be or not, it's just how our brains work. And that same sort of connection can also be a problem if, like, the game becomes shit. Like if, you can't leave. Right? The game becomes toxic. You know, it becomes, you know, people, people who are bad 
join gaming groups, especially in LARPs. Sometimes, sometimes just I've seen in tabletop LARP, too. LARP communities. Yeah, yeah, a LARP community or can just go bad. And, and, and I can't leave. I'm twentieth level, dude. Right. <laughs> I've been playing this character for longer than most of you have been alive. Yeah. I, I can't leave this LARP. It's the or I'm LARP. It's I my social group. Yeah, I, I can't leave this mush. It's the only one that will let me on. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're already a giant nerd. You're mushing. Mm-hmm. No, I, just, I do need what? to start mushing. You do. Again. You do. Well, you know what? Years ago, I mudded a little bit, mm-hmm. and that was fun. But I need I need to try again. Yeah. So a lot of other games, there are things that aren't XP but are really XP. Do we want to talk about those? Well, you know, what secret, made me... Secret XP systems. So I outlined this episode, and the reason why I thought about this was because when we talked about helper points, or uh, what, what do you call it in mush when if somebody... They get cookies. Cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about cookies, and I those thought, sort you know of what, things, that's really XP. In, in, in a roundabout ways... Same be. same with like in uh, in the MES in the LARP organization the MES they give prestige prestige points mm-hmm. if you you volunteer for a charity you can get prestige points and then you can cash those prestige points in for opportunities right some sort of in game benefits it's been so long since I've been in the org I don't I don't know some, what they do anymore some of the simple ones that I do know still exist are things like there are there are some types of rare characters that maybe you aren't allowed to choose to play that type of character until you have so many prestige points. Yes. Right. And I don't know how the system works exactly anymore, but I believe that it's improved from what it used to be. So if you're out there and you haven't played a long time, it's different now. <laughs> but, you know, I used to play in a lot of uh, – I used to play in Boffer LARPs, and most of them have some form of brownie or helper points or yeah. something – and they're like, hey, you can cash it in for XP, or you can cash it in for a magic weapon, or something. Right. And for those of you who are listening who are Aaron Atherton, uh, a parlor LARP <laughs> is a LARP where uh, you are playing in a room and all of the combat is resolved through a mechanical system like paper, rock, scissors, or drawing cards. No touching. No touching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a boffer LARP, boffer, it means you're boffing somebody over the head with a some, foam weapon. Some people call them contact LARPs now because but you resolve things through boffer contact. Boffer's to say. I absolutely. Right. So shout out, shout out, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he had asked at one point about that. So <clears throat> go ahead, Carrie. Where were you fixing this up um, before you? She said, before I started talking. <laughs> <laughs> I got con crud. I'm yeah. trying to get over it. <clears throat> so uh, the very first mush I ever played in, they instead of cookies, they did, uh, it was a Harry Potter mush. Right. And they did chocolate frogs. You could order chocolate <laughs> frogs or somebody. I like that. And um, it was very much the same thing where uh, you saved up all your points all your chocolate frogs, and then you could cash them in, like, and at, like, 500, you could play a foreign student. You know, like, you know, like and so it was, it was, a lot of it was story stuff. It right. wasn't just even mechanical things. It's just, they were like, you know, we don't want, you know, we're, we're playing, sure. a, we're playing a game in England. We don't want 50 American students. Right. But if you but, have a thousand frogs. Yeah. If you've been saving this up and clearly have been playing on our game for a couple years to, to do this, and this is what you really want. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. you can. There's a little way. piece of genre protection there. Like, I mm-hmm. don't want to. I can't. I don't want to just trust a complete stranger to play this wonky thing. So I need them to be around long enough to have earned enough of these cookies or and you know prestige points, and then I know. Okay, I know what they're they're like, and I know. I know if I should say yes or no when they ask yeah. for this. I know, for example, in Dystopia Rising, just just from me reading the book and interacting with people who play, that 
there's certain character types that you can't pick unless you've logged so many years in playing yeah. the game. And I get it. It like you said, it protects the genre. It makes sure that you understand the setting well enough to play those characters. But some people argue that even these systems are problematic because they're rewarding people who are more experienced in the system. And I, I can't play the cool thing because I haven't, I'm not been here long enough. Right. That's not fair. I, I think that's complicated because, like, I want to get to play the cool stuff too. Sure. Yeah, but the other side of that is, you know what else isn't fair? You ruining the game for everyone because you didn't understand something. Yes, You didn't absolutely. understand the cool thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I agree. I think that there's two sides of that. And I think you have to... As always, you got to balance everything. So in conclusion, what the hell, guys? Do we need XP? Or is it more problem than it's worth? What? Okay, first of all, I'm going to say, no, obviously you don't need it. There's tons of games now that don't use it at all. Uh, I don't know any tabletop games off the top of my head that that are intended to continue, but like New World Magiscola, there's people who play the same character every time, but they're not mechanically improved from game to game. Uh, and, you know, we, we've just played Die Laughing. That's a tabletop role-playing game. Mm-hmm. There's no XP there. Of course, your character's probably not going to survive. <laughs> that's part of the point of the game. But uh, that's also a one-shot. You could, in theory, play that character again if he survives. But, yes, it is a one-shot. Yeah, yeah. I think that you could even run a long-term parlor LARP and remove large chunks of XP. I, I think you're right. You can. Yes. I don't know if you should. Like, I, I think that... I. Personally, I love watching a character grow. Like, for me, the exciting thing is, you know, and also it has to do with my 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 play style. And I sure. realize that, you know, like I spent XP on learning how to ride a bike for one of my characters, you know, and like and I spent the XP because I had role played doing it and I wanted it on my sheet. And, and so, like, I think that, um. I don't know. Like, I, there's I, value to earning it. Yeah, yeah. Well, do we have to make it mechanical, or can we just say, "Hey, you've been role playing this. You've got it now." Or is that just a yeah, but a different but then name? Who says that? That's true. That's true. You in know, an org, then, that becomes complicated, right? Yeah, especially in an org. Like, it's it's a little easier in a in a sheetless mush, or right. or, or even a local game. It could be very mechanic heavy. That they just do, they don't do XP, but you can say, "Hey, man, you've." You've been role-playing, learning to ride a bike. You you know how now. I have... Ryan and I ran a LARP once where every once in a while we would award somebody an actual thing on their sheet. Sure. You know, you've been doing this a lot. Here you go. You know, and we would uh, randomly... Not random, uh, but, like, we would make sure to hit... Arbitrarily. Yeah. Yes. You know, thank you. <laughs> that is a much better... Throwing things at people. That um, sounds fun too, though. Yeah, <laughs> XP you, works like this. I throw this. sacks at everybody. And whoever catches one, that you got hit with it. You get yeah, and then you open it up and you're fireball. Like, oh, no. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Uh, okay, I don't know what I'm saying. So next, you were saying that you didn't hand out stuff randomly. It was given out based on what they've been role playing. Yeah, what they've been role playing. If they've been role playing, trying to learn to ride a bike, they get bike riding on their sheet. Okay. But that's really just XP because you... Right. Yeah. It is. I, so, I, but then I like there XP. are some games that would just be weird. Like Dungeons & Dragons, like part of D&D, like the core of D&D is the crunch of the numbers. Yeah. Sure. You know, like it would be weird to not have experience. Right. It's part of the, you know, like the, what do you call it, sacred cow of D&D that you have levels. Right. You have classes yeah. and levels. Okay. 
and the classes work differently based on what level you are. Yeah. And that's, that's fun and that's great. Um, and you, now we're seeing a lot of, of systems in games where instead of doing away with XP, they're trying to create uh, subsystems, su- you know, other mechanics that will try and address the negatives that come from experience. Points. Oh, you mean like uh, like catch-up systems? Like floor. Like floor, for example. Mm-hmm. There's other ones who do things where as you gain experience points, your ability to gain experience points goes down. Right. Or uh, um, you, you'll see things like like the higher levels of skills cost more. Right. Like, I mean, that's, that's an old. That's pretty that's standard too. An old World of Darkness thing, even just yeah, just things get more expensive as you get. But what's weird is a lot of the systems that do that tend to award you more and more experience points. Yeah, so, you get so it works stuff, out, the it comes out the same. Yeah. yeah, like floor is an interesting thing. The idea of floor is. is I like the, the concept. Floor as a concept is it's the idea that. Uh, there is a minimum experience point amount that all new characters start at, and mm-hmm. it's a it's literally like the floor XP level. And as the the game continues, that floor level will rise a, in in a a, a relative way, you know, in a manner that is relative to the highest of possible experience points on characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if the most XP somebody could possibly have in your game is a thousand, floor might be four hundred. Yeah, and then when that thousand becomes two thousand, by then floor might be closer to eight or nine hundred. Like, right, it just the, it goes up in a, a minor role. So there is some some uh, disparity in the numbers, but not as much. And it's you know. generally not enough. While the numbers sound big, it at that point you usually have enough power that you can compete. Yeah, or you can at least be useful to everybody in the game. I I have mixed feelings about it. I know that you, I despise floor. Right, you don't like it at all. I've not actually played in in a org or a game where I felt that floor actually worked. Yeah, well, I've never seen it actually make like, a difference. I love the concept of it, like that you don't have to start at zero and be but, useless. Right, but but you're not like as powerful as everyone else. I, sure. I like that it's you know it's a. A little oomph, but not a lot. So you don't believe that, say, you had a continuing game and you came in in year three of five, like we run five year, mm-hmm. uh, you shouldn't be at the same level as everybody else. No, no. Like, you know, one, you know, you talk about it's not fair that it's not fair to the people that have been playing for three years. I'm going to say that I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick and just say that I think it's different for tabletop and for uh, organizational LARP play. I think that's fair. Yeah. Every game is different because and I, I think every medium is different. Because if yes. I was if I was running a tabletop game and a new player joined, I would never make them start at level zero if all of my fair. if the rest of the party was level ten. Just because you couldn't run it then. Well, it would be impossible to run the game, right? But uh, in an organizational LARP where you're talking about six hundred players across thirty games connected mm-hmm. and stuff, in that situation. I don't. I agree with you, Carrie. Yeah. I, well, I also think that it depends on whatever your game is, however many players you have. Like, I don't even think it's the the type of game; it's the amount of players you have. Because you know what? Mu- if you got ten people at your game, you know that power disparity is a lot yeah, stronger. Yeah, you need them to all be a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, uh, the uh, m- most mushes. Are, are floor based, okay. in, or in the sense of whether you play or not. If you have a character, you get a certain amount. You get you get an XP get a like week or whatever. Week, yeah. yeah, one yeah. a week. Um, whether you log in or not. 
And then you also get additional, you get more points if you've role played. Depends. Some, some yes, some no. You know, some, some games, it doesn't matter how much you role play. You get the same amount as people that don't even log on. Okay. I think there's two problems here that, that they're trying to address. And I know that you actually said two different problems when we discussed it off the air first. But the problem is, is that good storytellers in a LARP where I have 20 or better people, mm-hmm. I will run different things for the different power levels. Yes. Right. I will find ways to engage the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't realize that you need to do that, then you those people will feel useless. Right. Uh, I think so the, one of the problems is that storytellers are not always as good as they think they are. <laughs> yes, that's one way of certainly or, or putting it. Or aware that that's an issue. Right, that yeah. you need to engage everybody. And while we encourage players to make their own plot and engage themselves, as a storyteller, you do have a responsibility mm-hmm. to engage everybody in your game in some fashion. Right. But I also think that the problem is a lot of Pearl LARPs like we play in tend to have an element of competition. And if I know that I might have to fight another character in some fashion, but I also know that that guy is way more powerful than me for whatever reason, then I can't compete with them and they're going to dominate me no matter what I try to do. Because I just can't, I can't fight them. Right. Uh, I don't know how you, this is getting to be a huge problem that I really don't know how to fix. <laughs> and it has to do with the fact that mechanics work a certain way and is that how we want them to work or... Should games be designed differently? And how does that interact with the culture you're building? Absolutely. It's a big it's a big problem, and I think that only now people are starting to recognize that it's a that it's a big problem that needs to be addressed. Uh, I know that in the Buy Night Studios game, they tried to address it by recommending that everybody does the thing where you get less XP as you continue. I don't know if that fixes it. Right. Because I've never played in a system that actually did that. I've, you know, in the first couple of orgs we were in, when characters died, uh, they you started over. Sure. Right? Well, in the first org we were in, if if you had a thousand points on your sheet when you died, you know your next character had zero. Sure. Uh, in the second org we were in, your next character got like fifty or something. No, it was, it was 30. thirty. We graced them thirty, which up is fine. To thirty. Yeah. Um, and I gotta tell you, there's a. A lesson that it teaches you. When you have a thousand point character and you die and you have to create a character at the base starting level, it reminds you of what these other new players are experiencing. And that's fair. It makes you a better player. When um when I retired Bates the Hook, my my big werewolf character legendarily. Um and I went and made my little Cleoth. Mm-hmm. And I was in Kenosha playing, right? And they're always very combat heavy. Sure. And so I went into combat with my pack and we're all get ready to, and they're like, all right, you know, chop. And, and I, and I lost and they were like, we'll spend a dodge. And I went, yeah. I, don't, I don't have that on my sheet. And they were like, <gasps> like they, they couldn't, they were just like, what? And I was like, they were like, oh my God. I was like, no, this is great. <laughs> yeah. This is great. I get hit. hit. hit Boom. Me. Yeah. You know, Cause I had gone so long being this giant powerhouse that like I forgot the joy of, of being challenge of a challenge real danger yeah. yeah and so like I, I just want to encourage everyone like you know don't worry about the XP go 
Go be in danger and, and I, have fun. And I actually think, and this is one of the things, one of those design principles where I, I disagree with like what BNS did with Vampire and Werewolf is I, I think that character death is good for your game. Pieces I'm not saying that. kill a character every night. Sure. So don't don't draw wrong conclusions. <laughs> That's the first piece. <laughs> yeah. But I do think I do think though that uh character turnover is healthy for your game. Now, I would say this more for LARPs in orgs than I than I mean for tabletop. Okay. That's that's a different question. It has a lot to do with your table. Yeah, and that's the game that's a lot more of a everything. personal decision. Yeah, but at, from an organizational LARP standpoint, when you're connected to all these other games, you know, some of the problem with the XP disparity comes from the fact that just large characters don't get don't get killed in plot. Well, I think that's a a design choice that I really like, uh, and I never thought about it till I was listening to some John Wick interviews, and he said that in um, Houses of the Blooded, he designed it so that there was a weakness that every character would have, and it would be different, and there was no way to fill certain holes. So that meant that even if you were playing in a game that was somewhat competitive, that you would always have a huge opening. Sure, but Vampire the Masquerade is not Houses of the Blood. No, it is not Houses of the Blood. <laughs> but it does share some things because in some ways, just the way I've, from reading the game and reading what he wrote about it, it was kind of in response to the sort of games that we play in that characters could become so powerful that they close like every hole and they cannot be hurt. And I believe that BNS attempted to have weaknesses in the characters, but I believe that instead what they have is characters have different strengths, which that's good too, but it does mean that it you're usually not weak in one area over time. Right. Uh, unless you've deliberately made choices to make yourself that way. Whereas in other games, they build the system from the ground up saying, you will never be good at X. And you can only be great at one thing or two right. things. And I think that's very useful in the design space, which, of course, me not being a designer, I can only speak <laughs> from what I've read. Sure. So what's what's the takeaway about XP? How do we wrap this all up <laughs> into something that makes oh. it sound like the episode is ending? <laughs> oh, my God. The takeaway is that ex- experience points are not simple like people think. Yes, that's a big part that's of it for me. That's the biggest takeaway, I think. When I had... When I would have conversations about whether or not floor was enough or floor was too much or if the base XP was too much or not enough or if the maximum XP was too much or not enough, whenever... Or even if should everybody get the exact same every game. Right. Like everybody gets a trophy of the same amount of XP (laughs) just for playing. Right. Right. Like the... Whenever that would come up when I was on the board at Underground Theater, it was always amazing to me how people were only thinking about the numbers... And about whatever one piece of all of this they saw as the the problem. Yes, and and I what I hope is that people take away from this episode is that uh, it has way more to do with a dozen things than yeah. just that one thing. It's it's new characters feeling useful. It's old characters feeling too useful. It's uh, disparity in in power levels from a player standpoint it's disparity in power levels from a storyteller standpoint it's culture it's uh the ability to experience risk right you know what are you mechanically rewarding in your game in and Uh out of character it's what are you what are you valuing as a player what are you valuing as a storyteller or whatever 
Yeah, it's it's so much more complicated. Most so often, uh, people would come to the table with like a uh, a chart that they had made in in Excel. You know, showing the how. Oh, the, how this the is where I'm going to be in five years. Well, that's great, but uh, it's it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's way more than just those numbers. It should not be the, the experience points. It should be the experience. Sure. And how do you measure that? Who knows? I don't know. It's, uh, it's if, bigger than we can solve in this hour. And if we knew how, we wouldn't be doing a podcast. We'd, We'd be, be finishing off the gun belt with the brand new system that <laughs> experience points. That fixes everything forever. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh. Let's do game wrap. Uh, congratulations to everybody. You made it to the other side. Uh, so just to remind everybody, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Uh, etc. <laughs> That's my favorite place to get podcasts. On Twitter, we are at honorrollpodcast. You can find us at facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast. Uh, you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast. And of course, if you like this show and you'd like to get some free stuff and benefits and help keep us on the air, you can support us at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. And everybody who is our patron who sees me at a con, I will give you a hug. Aww. That's yeah. adorable. Yes. Unless I give you great hugs. tell us specifically you don't want him to. Oh, never mind. Nick. And then Carrie will give you hugs. And then I'll give you a hug. Oh. All right, well... Uh, I guess I promise I'll be over this cold. My moment. hugs are better. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, hug off 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> the best part is I bet you people going, uh, okay. We got a year and a half to train. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just going to pick a random person. <laughs> I think when you hug, I think when you hug them, you need to whisper in their ear, ear, hail Hydra, right? All right, so let's go ahead and give out XP. Uh, neither of you get any because I'm boycotting XP. Oh, because because I just, anyway. Just enjoying this podcast and the community of us around this table should be enough. I think we should award all our listeners one XP. Just one? Is that all they're worth to you? No, one collectively. <laughs> oh, no, that makes more sense. I'm good with that. Yeah. So, to all of our listeners, congratulations. You may share one XP. That's right. All right. So before we, we slip out, we want to let everybody know that we are not going to do regular episodes over the holiday season. What? What am I supposed to listen to now? Uh, your you mom. don't listen to this now. <laughs> this is our last episode. Uh, and then we will pick back up. Uh, probably the second week or third week of January uh, after the new year. As soon as I sober up. Oh, my. <laughs> it's going to take that long. <laughs> it's a long holiday. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> month and a half. So this is the time of year when Jason's work gets crazy and the holidays g- gobble everybody up and stuff. And so uh, we just think that it's going to make the most sense for us to just sort of bow out for, for about a month and a half. And then in January, we're going to return with season two. And what, it's what? going to be awesome. That's absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we might be able to sneak in like a and special. And Carrie is insistent upon finding time for us to do something because she just won't let this stupid fucking thing die. 
I think I will call in. I will call in from work at midnight, and we'll do a ten-minute episode. God. <laughs> so anyway, short break, and then we'll be back for season two. My favorite. <laughs> Until next time, remember the only way to win a role-playing game is it, to have fun. Have fun. and opinions expressed on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.